BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined with my good friend, Avery Zareski. We have an unbelievable interview today with our good friend, Mike Grinnell from Spit and Chicklets. Cody was on for the interview, which was really funny. We gave him a lot of shit. But uh, overall, hilarious time. Cody won't be with us for the intro, but Avery, how's your weekend? What's going on? First of all, so happy Cody's not here. He's been yeah, a real so dick all day. <laughs> It's just <laughs> the flow is just so much better without Cody. I really hope he's <laughs> listening to this because he he needs to know this from the heart. Uh, glad Cody's not here. But uh, yeah, Johnny had a great weekend. I um, went down to the Hamptons for a work event. Um, it was like a grill experiences thing where a bunch of barbecue places from all around New York came and they showcased some of their best dishes and they were amazing. I there was like some pork dishes, some. Uh, some ribs. It, it was incredible. And like I've been farmer's Hamptons. market kind of vibe, like a bunch of tents up. It was more of like a brand. So th- there were brand activations. So we were there with Mohegan Sun. There was also like Don Julio. But then it was like, I'm trying to think of some of the names of the barbecue places. I forget, but it was all different types of places that came in and kind of showcased. Uh, it was like a competition too. People were like putting wow. coins and like choosing their favorite one. So it was a good time. It, weather was really nice, and uh, I hadn't been out to Hamptons in a while. The drive is so bad. I live in um, <laughs> I live in uh, northern New Jersey, so it was about a three hour drive there and two and a half back. I also uh, got a leak in my tire. That's great. Did um, you just go for the day, or did you stay overnight? Yeah, I went for the day. I just figured that if I didn't if I stayed overnight and left Sunday morning, it was just going to be an absolute nightmare traffic level. So I just wanted to bang it out at night. Um, and it paid off. I mean, other than getting a nail in my tire, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Which Hampton were you in? Um, East Hampton. Oh, I love East Hampton. Yeah, it was great. It was great. The vibe's great. The, the people are great. Very nice people. There's definitely some characters. I'll, I'll give you that. You know, a lot of white pants. I'm sure I <laughs> you're a white pants guy, Johnny. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> listen, white pants look good, man. Hey, you can only wear it for like a certain season, so why not? Yeah, why not? Let it fly. I um, like white pants. Yeah, I wore white shorts, so I'm I'm pretty much there, you know. Uh, but yeah, that 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 was like a majority of my weekend. And today I just played golf, had, had a good Sunday, just chilling. Watched the Yankees. Yankees uh, lost, but they they they're actually starting to play well again, which is nice. Do they have any shot at making the playoffs? Like, I don't yeah, know. they're only three and a half games back from the uh, wild card right now, which is good. Yeah. Three or, or four and a half. I don't know. One of the two. But they're they're not that far out. They've just been playing pretty bad. Uh, their pitching hasn't been great. But it's a Rangers podcast, Johnny. Well, I was actually going to say, speaking of baseball, I went to Chicago this weekend and I went to Wrigley for the first time. And I, you guys know I'm not a baseball guy. But, like, when you go to, like, a Wrigley Field or a Fenway Park, you know, any, like, old school ballpark, it is just, like, it's kind of different, you know. It's uh, 
I, I had a, I mean, the game was great too. The Cubs won like eight to six. So it was like an exciting game, which was cool, but I had a great time at the ballpark, man. Like, you know, you get a bunch of beers, some hot dogs, peanuts. Like my friend actually taught me, he calls them beer nuts. I don't know if this is like a common thing, but you put the peanuts in your beer. So it makes the beer a little bit saltier. Like by the time you're drinking it, it's like a, you know, it makes it like a little more flavorful. And then you eat the, the beer flavored peanuts at the end when you finish your cup. Kind of like an interesting thing. Very interesting. Never yeah. done it, but um, it doesn't sound bad. I'll yeah. definitely try it. Uh, it's funny. Like everybody, you know, when you go to like an old stadium, everybody becomes an architect major. Like, wow, <laughs> look at, you know, all this stuff. But uh -huh. yeah, I agree. Like I'm a diehard Yankees fan, but I do like going to Fenway. It's just, it's cool going to like older ballparks and, and that's kind of the allure of baseball is like the nice fields, but then it also has that, uh, you know, old feeling and, and it still keeps its value, which is why I hate that they built the new Yankee stadium. But Yeah. They should have just done renovations to the old one. Yeah. Um, it's whatever. Is it in the same location? Like I don't it, like, it's across the street. So the old, the old field is still there. It's not like the same field, but like you can play on it. Wait, it's just really? like a park. Yeah. It's just a park like the city. No way. Like, where home plate was is still where home plate is on the on the new field that they built. That's actually sick. Wait, yeah, is cool. City Field similar? Like the home plate from Shea Stadium is in the parking lot somewhere? I think so. I don't know what exactly for sure. But that's like another place that although the new city field's nice, it would have been great if they just kept Shea Stadium and kind of did some renovations. But wasn't Shea Stadium like a dump? Yeah, dude, they're all dumps. <laughs> Fenway, Fenway's a dump, bro. The yeah, concourse yeah. sucks. It's not like new and, and shiny, but that's what makes baseball great is having these like dump of ballparks where you go and you you act like a piece of shit. Like you get a hot dog, you get beer, <laughs> you fucking put your peanuts in beer. Like what, drinking hot dog, drinking yeah, beer where, hot dog makes you a piece of shit. Johnny, where else are you gonna put a peanut in your beer? I guess that's true. Yeah, exactly. So and you just yeah, like have peanuts, do they? Yeah, I don't know, but I, I you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, right. but back to the moral of the story. Just a great day at the ballpark. Uh, yeah. And I'm not a baseball guy, so I thought it was, uh, you know, a different perspective. It was really – and the pitch clock actually helps a lot. It makes the game seem a little less boring. Big time. Which was, which was nice. Took yeah. the nerve for you. The Cubs scored five runs in the bottom of the first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, bad luck. But let's get into some hockey. We don't have much to talk about. Rangers-wise, still waiting on Lafreniere, but there was a huge trade, obviously, yesterday. And unless you live under a rock, you should know that Eric Carlson is now a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I think it was 12 total players involved, three-team trade. Uh, pretty huge deal. I think, you know, Pittsburgh obviously came out as the big winners. I think they didn't have to spend much to get Eric Carlson. And, you know, obviously the Penguins right now are a team on the back nine with Crosby, Malkin, Latang, all aging. Carlson's 33 years old. But Kyle Dubas had to come in and make a splash, and he made a pretty big one. And, Avery, how do you think this shapes up the Metropolitan Division? You know, honestly, Johnny, I was really relieved to see them go, him go to the Penguins. There was rumors that he was going to go to Carolina. There, were, you know, but if he was going to go to any Eastern Conference team, Penguins is fine. I can deal with it. They were obviously a fringe team last year. They they battled through. They're a tough opponent. Obviously, they took us to seven games two years ago. But now it's just one of those things where they add a lot more offense, which I don't really think they needed a lot more offense. I think they have that here and there. You know, obviously it helps down the stretch and. He's Norris Trophy winner. Anytime you can add a guy like that, it's pretty incredible. But I don't really think it hurts the Rangers as much as, um, you know, the uh, the teams more on the bubble, like the Islanders and whatnot. But I think the Rangers will be fine. Like, I, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think that Pittsburgh's going to give them that much more of an issue than they already do. And um, honestly, out of all the teams that made the acquisitions in that trade, I think Montreal did pretty well as a third team getting Petrie, who's a solid top four D-man you know, his not, he, he kind of dwindled a little bit this year, but he's a guy who you can fill right in. And Montreal's a team with a lot of good young players. So I think they made out pretty well on that one. 
Yeah, and Petrie was there like two years ago. He went to Pittsburgh for like a season, and now he's right. back. But in my opinion, just as far as the Metro goes, and tell me if you disagree, because I really think that seven out of the eight teams in the Metro right now, like I wouldn't be shocked if any of them made the playoffs. Like the only team that would surprise me is Philadelphia. Like other than that, I think all seven teams like can easily have a shot at making the playoffs, which is like pretty crazy because you can't really say that about any other division, I think, right now. Yeah, Pittsburgh's obviously more of a threat anytime you can add a guy like that for sure. And and I agree. I think uh Philly's Philly's a team that needs a lot of retooling and and they do have some young studs who I think, you know, could eventually be key players for them. But right now they're just not in it. But every other team, I mean, you'll just look down the line, Rangers, Devils, Islanders, like it's crazy. The Capitals, Carolina, it just every single team's gonna be in it this year and it, it sucks being in this division. It's almost yeah. like goes back to baseball, like the AL East right now is so hot. Like the Yankees they have a winning record, but they're not even close to a wild card spot right now. So it's just like one of those things where the Rangers have to win every single game in the Metro this year. It's, it just has to happen. So let me ask you this question. Which teams, if you had to put above the Rangers in the Metro, do you think are above the Rangers right now? Got to say Carolina. Even though Rangers just play so well against them, um, but they're just they're, – they're a force. Like, they're a regular season team that's really good in the regular season, obviously. And then the, the Devils – the Devils are going to be tough again. They didn't lose anybody, really. They added more talent into Foley. And then if I had to put one other team over the Rangers, I could see the Islanders bouncing back this year. You know, they had a rough year with injuries, but they, they have Sorokin, which was an X factor. He's just as good as Igor. And – um yeah, I could see the Islanders making a pretty big bounce back. I actually have what might be a hot take because last year I said the Devils would be a sleeper team to make the playoffs, like in the offseason. But this year, I, I honestly like wouldn't be surprised if the Devils disappoint a lot. Really? Um, and I think that's just like, you know, typical teams that I don't want to say the Devils overachieved because they were really consistent the entire year. And like everyone knows that I, I'm not a Devils fan, but I, you know, I love watching them. I think they're a great team, a fun team to watch. And, but, I think, you know, and as far as the Rangers point, right, like the Rangers this year, this past year had so much hype around them that it was so disappointing because everyone thought like, oh, this is the team. This is the year. I mean, they had all the big names, the Tarasenko, the Kane, you know, additions obviously were huge. But now, you know, obviously it was after the year they made the Eastern Conference final, which was clearly an overachievement. The Devils are somewhat in that similar boat. Like, obviously, they got spanked Carolina in the second round. But now there's so much hype around this Devils team and they're, you know, being put in a tier where they're a Stanley Cup contender, which might be a little bit too soon to say. So I think if there is one team to disappoint right now in the Metro this coming year, I think it is the Devils, which last year they were the team to, you know, be that team to exceed expectations. And now it's just flip flop so quick to what I think happened with the Rangers last year, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't hate that take at all. I think what makes hockey great is there's so much disparity like you you can predict as much as you want but you just don't know what's going to happen over an 82 game season the rangers obviously had a crazy year two years ago and everyone figured them out it'll be interesting to see what happens with the devils they lost brunette and uh although they added guys the coaching staff is so important like when you lose a guy like him he could have been the x factor in that locker room in terms of what they were doing on a game-to-game -game basis so it's going to be very interesting to see how they uh play this season i mean i almost think that the Carlson move, obviously, you know, I don't want to say it benefits the Rangers, but when you look at the Metropolitan Division right now, I think the Rangers, like, I, I don't want to say this because it could be a stretch to, any, to someone who can just, like, twist my words, but they can have somewhat of, like, an underdog mentality, no? It's crazy, yeah. that, though, with, like, Igor and Fox and, you know, Mika, Panarin, like, all the stars that they do have, 
Kreider, you know, obviously one I'm missing and the addition of Blake Wheeler, but like, they're not being talked about right now. I feel like amongst the entire NHL where they're like this team going in with a ton of hype. Here's my take on the Rangers right now. They, in terms of the metropolitan division, they by far have the most potential. They have the best defenseman in the Metro. They have the best goalie in the Metro. They have, when he's at his best, uh, top 10 center in Mika Zibanejad, a top three right winger in Artemi Panarin. Like, it's just like, or does he play left? left now? I don't even know. Yeah, left wing. Same thing. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, they have the talent. They just have to show it. And then they have two top two picks who need to show out this year. They have Heedle. They just signed him to a big deal. He's obviously a game breaker. He can put up 20, maybe 25 goals in a season. Like, they have the guys. The Keandre Miller's due for a big step up. Truba had a great finish to last year. I thought he played great last season. You know, he's obviously might not be earning that $8 million a year, but for what he's giving us, I thought he had a really big bounce back season after a year that uh, people got really hard on Jacob Truba. And I, mm-hmm. I thought he played really well last season. So I should have there harder than last year. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I really do believe that the Rangers in terms of the metropolitan division have the most potential to break out because of how good their top players can be. If they just have to be good. Yeah. I just think, you know, last year we went in with such high expectations that you were only bound to disappoint if they didn't make the Stanley Cup final or win the Stanley Cup. So like, I think it just benefits the team pressure-wise this year. Plus, they have so much more to prove after the way they went out last year. So, I think the Carlson thing, you know, obviously it's, you know, not a preference that he's in the Metro. But, like, I think the Rangers can only surprise in positive ways this season. I don't expect them to have such a lackluster or, you know, really down season. And Panarin shaved his head, so. Yeah. It was weird seeing that, right? Yeah, a little bit. But people are freaking out over it. It's yeah. it's just this thing, whatever, Hey, whatever helps him. I mean, listen, he's a world-class talent. If that's going to get him back into full form, go ahead, shave your head, bro. Yeah. But that's really like all I got for hockey things. Anything else you got before we go? Into yeah. The- I was trying to think Rangers wise, if there was anything they, they re they signed that kid Sc- Scanlon or yeah. Yeah. Who, who, NHL guy. Yeah. Who supposedly had a good year last year in the A, right? I mean, I can't really speak much to it. I didn't watch many Hartford Wolfpack games last year, but yeah. Yeah, Scanlon's a solid player. And, um, you know, I don't expect him to get any time in the NHL, like, you know, maybe a preseason game here or two, but yeah, right. I don't see him getting any games for the Rangers. Yeah. But not a lot of activity Rangers wise that, you know, it's funny. I have the notifications on and every time they post, like I just expected to be like Lafreniere, but it was yeah. just like, Blake Wheeler explaining his life and his transition to New York. So it's just like waiting for this moment. And I, I really, I, I've been through so many off seasons as a Ranger fan. I just don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah. There's just no reason for him not to be signed unless they're trying to do something. Yeah. No, I he's holding out. I, I haven't heard anything and I don't think anyone else has heard anything. So I don't know what the hell is going on, but yeah, man, I got nothing else really. Yeah. Everybody looks for me for scoops and I, <laughs> we get them, but this one is an airtight seal. I've tried and I can't get any. I, I don't even like have a timeline for when it'll be announced. So like I said, all quiet on the Eastern front right now. Yeah. Before we do get into this interview with Grinnell, our good pal from Spit Chicklets, I do want to talk about a sponsor for this episode and they've been sponsoring the last couple episodes and that's Foreplay. Foreplay is an online double dating app, but it's really all about the experiences. Avery and I have been talking about it now the past couple weeks. Cody's obviously the married guy on the show, but with foreplay, you can sign up with a buddy, you make your own profile and you pair up with another set of two single people. You make a group chat, you get the fun stuff going, you, you know, do whatever you want with the rest of the time that we have left the summer. Cause we're already almost in mid August and time is absolutely flying by. But with this foreplay segment, we actually want to do something fun today and talk about 
the best NHL dynamic duos that we've seen. Cause I feel like honestly, in regard to the Rangers, like I can't think of any dynamic duo, at least in our lifetime, like not, nothing comes to my mind. I, I really couldn't think of any. I mean, you, you, I guess you could say Fox and Lindgren right now. Well, that's just like a deep pairing. That's not a dynamic. I would say, no, no, Kreider and Mika are like a dynamic duo, if anything. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Out of, out of they're all nowhere the, near the top ranks. No, I think out of all the ones in, in our lifetime, that's probably up there in terms of Ranger wise, but not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wait, why wouldn't you say Fox and Lindgren aren't a dynamic duo? Deep pair. They don't like tear up the NHL. Yeah, but they they complement each other so well. They're doing right, but when duo. you think dynamic duo, you think like McDavid Drysaitel or like okay. Zetterberg Datsuk, like Fox okay. Lindgren. <laughs> All right. Well, my pick is Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg. That's a good one. Yep, they had two Stanley Cups together, two Hart Memorial trophies, one Conn Smythe trophy, one Art Ross trophy, one Lester trophy, one Lady Bing, and one Calder. So it's pretty good. Uh, pretty good hardware there. Not bad. I'd say mine is probably like Messier Gretzky. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but yeah. you know, I think they're tough to beat. <laughs> I, I mean, I tried to go a little outside the box. Yeah. Probably. Well, I'll, I'll go outside the box. Like I said, Dotsu Zetterberg, like I think that for me, like growing up, the dynamic do I think of like our childhood, right? Like the Red Wings were so good every year and it was really pop. Like Pavel Dotsuk was one of my favorite players growing up and him and Zetterberg were dominant, at least like, you know, 2007, 2010, like those years. Yeah. And I also think Crosby and Malkin as a one-two punch for so many years, like, mm-hmm. Just being able to have that, it showed. It showed me as like a younger hockey player who watches hockey. It helped me understand how important it is to have like a really good like first and second line center. I mean that their sole reason why they won the Stanley Cup, you know. And then obviously like Can Taves, like that's yeah, you know, that was the dynamic duo. Yeah, of basically our like high school years and whatnot. I'm yeah. trying to think of like an outside the box one right now, like. You know, I thought, like, I think I said before we were recording, like, Korea and Solani in Anaheim. Like, that was a good one. Lemieux and Yager. All right, here's one. Serge Savard and Larry Robinson. I know Larry Robinson. I don't know Serge Savard. Interesting. Brian Trottier and Mike Bossy. What did you school this? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, Brett, Hall, Brett Hull and Adam Oates. John LeClaire and Eric Lindros. That's a throwback. Yeah, That's throwback. a crazy one. Chris Pronger and Al McInnes. One of the first jerseys I owned was a Eric Lindros Flyers captain jersey. It was nasty. Ooh. Oh, this I love this one. Vinny LeCavier and Marty St. Louis. Yeah. That's a great underrated one right there. That is a good one. Only one yeah. cup, though. So we just wanted to try something fun and talk about some dynamic duos. I really can't think of like many that were unbelievable for the Rangers. But with foreplay, bring your best game to the date where you and your single buddies can team up, make a shared profile, and go out with other pairs of single friends. Like Avery and I have been talking about, you can go mini golfing, go see Oppenheimer or Barbie. There's so many different things you can do, especially in New York in the summertime as far as double dating goes. So click on the link in our episode description, whether you're on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from, click the link and sign up with Foreplay. And with that being said, I think we should send it over to Mike Grinnell. Avery, you want to send it over? Let's do it. Mikey G, my boy from Barstool Sports. <laughs> this is a good one. This week on the Blue Crew, we are very happy to welcome on someone who's dodged us for about over a year now. Uh, I think he said he's come on like five or six different times and just totally ghost my text. I don't know about Avery, but uh, a good friend of ours. He's been spending the entire summer either down the shore, drinking Big Deal Brew, or God knows where. Welcome to the Blue Crew podcast, the producer of Spitting Chicklets. Gee, what's going on, bro? How you doing? Uh, nothing's going on really at all right now. As you guys know, hockey season is, uh, not going on since it's August, but you mentioned dodging 
right? You mentioned me <laughs> dodging you guys, and I see Avery Zaretsky's stupid face on this podcast, <laughs> and I have to say, Avery, you owe us. You owe Spitting Chicklets right now a jump in the Hudson River if you forgot. You bet Pasha that you would jump in the Hudson River if the Rangers lost to the Devils. You yeah. owe us, buddy. Don't think we're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> but did I that know. get terminated when his contract got terminated? Uh, I don't know. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Chicklets boys still talk about it quite often. I don't know if I should do any free content, though. <laughs> Here's the thing, Avery. It doesn't have to be content anymore. We just want to know that you jumped in that Hudson River. And you're, right. a, I, I, I know you, Avery. You're a man of your word. I am, but I also know you, and you're not going to just not record it. <laughs> Wait, when was this bet made? Was this like before the series started or like after the 2 0 lead? No, it was before, it was well before the series. We you were bet in, that before uh, the series? Yeah, we were in Florida. We were at the All Star game. It's all Why would on you video, too. We got everything recorded. It's not that I'm not dodging it. I just, uh, I don't want to give any free content. The weather has been kind of shitty this summer. That's why it's not a, not a nice time for a dip in the Hudson. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Grinnell, speaking of, you know, the series, how much did Johnny fucking pay you and Eichel the night of the Vegas cup clincher to hang out with him? <laughs> it's, it's actually funny to be honest with you guys. I hung out with them. <laughs> like that's kind of what happened in that situation. I was leaving uh, Omnia with another group of people and I saw these guys walking out and they said, hey, come to McMullen's with us. So I have to uh, I'd say when we got there, we hung out with them because of me. Yeah. But uh, I would say that we were there because of Johnny and uh, and the Empty Netter boys. It was transactional for sure. Very transactional. What See, a night, though. Oh, my God. How cool was that? And I say this all the time. Like, so I I fell asleep for most of the cut party. That, let's just get that out there now. <laughs> I was asleep in my room. I passed out. I couldn't handle it. But when I woke up and, and we ended up hanging with the Vegas Golden Knights till 7 a.m., 8 a.m., I would have rather done what we did than, than what everyone else did. Everyone else partied with them at Omnia, got to see the cup, take a video. But we got to actually sit down, hang out. And, dude, Johnny, we were, like, breaking down the series. Like, we went yeah. series by series with Jack. And he was giving – that was the coolest part was he's giving us, like, insight on which happened each series. And at that point in the night, he was maybe coming down off his drunk. So he oh, had, yeah. like, a little bit <laughs> – little bit in him there and but regardless i'm rambling that was a sick night. long time from buffalo for him that kind of just like leads me in i guess but i i don't want to like i said it before we started recording this is just going to bounce all over the place probably from conversation to topic to whatever but i've told the story a long time ago on this show about how we met g at that quinn concert i've never actually heard your side of it so i'm kind of curious to hear your perspective on the night that you and i met so uh S same thing I was actually I was thinking about this thinking about it before this like when did me and Johnny meet and it was the Quinn 92 concert yeah. I was I uh, can't I walked out of the bathroom and I believe you were right there and you were like hey I was at, no I was at the sink you it was just you and I in the bathroom I was washing my hands and you came out of the stall oh I, taking a shit. <laughs> I was definitely definitely taking a shit definitely a, a big pooper uh, <laughs> only I would poop at a Quinn 92 concert right <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, I remember you coming out and we were talking and we talked for a while. And I basically remember, if I'm not mistaken, I think I told my girlfriend to like go to the seats. And I remember getting to the seats and her being or once we got there, she was like, who the hell was that? Guy? <laughs> like, why did you just talk to him for so long? And I was like, that's Johnny Laz. Like he, he played at UMass. Like he's 
he's a hockey guy, and I, I just feel like ever since then we've been boys. Yeah. I just remember being at the sink, and it was just like you walking out of the stall, and it was us two in the bathroom. I was like, what are the – and we were, I was like in the mezzanine, like not even a good seat at the concert. I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing up here? But, uh, you know, we could ramble about that forever. Uh, but Quinn 92 is unbelievable. Too. He's the Can best. We just throw that out there. Like what an artist he is. And we're going, we're definitely going together. Brooklyn Mirage when he comes. Well, I already have a ticket. I'm going. So oh, well, <laughs> yo, off. did you hear Next about that guy who went missing at Brooklyn Mirage? What's good with that? No, no. I, I, yeah, that sucks because Brooklyn Mirage is such a fun venue. I was there Unreal. a couple weeks ago to see loud luxury, but yeah, that sucks. That's unfortunate. And, Hoping and praying that kid uh, turns up alive. I've actually only been to the Mirage like one time, so I'm hyped to go back. Uh, what Dude. is it, August 31st, the show? It's incredible. It's unreal. Gee, let's just talk about, I, I don't know if you want to go over the whole thing, starting with spin checklist. I'm sure you do it all the time, but something I'm very curious about was a player you interviewed where you like maybe just felt like you could have done a much better job or something that you cringed mm-hmm. at yourself at. Like I cringe at myself when I listen back to old stuff all the time. Like, was there a player that you guys had sat down with? Like, man, like, we totally just could have done a better job. But sometimes you can't control the directions in which an interview goes. You just kind of ramble, and that's just how the product is. So is there one player that comes to mind? That's a great question because everyone always asks the other end of that question. Like, how, like, who was the best interview? And no one's really ever asked, like, who was someone we thought we could do better. Um, there's plenty, man. Like, there's a lot of times after interviews where we're always, like, and I think, it's tough because like Biz and Wit are their biggest critics and that's why they're so good at what they do. And I try to find a happy medium of, cause after almost every interview, they, they don't feel like they did the best that they could do. Really? So like, I always feel, and Avery's been on the road with us. Like I try to encourage them as much as possible after interviews, like guys, you did a great job. That was a really good interview. Cause right away they usually go to like, Hey, we could have done better there, but that's just, that's the professional athlete in them. You know what I mean? Where they always want to be a step better. And like, that's, that's why they're so good. I can speak. I think that's more, that more of a question for like biz and wit, as opposed to like who they thought they could do better with. But I think for me in particular, I don't know if like how long you guys have been listening to spit and chicklets, but if you listen in the early days, I'd say episodes one through 70 until we added biz, I had much more of a third mic role and mm. I was a lot, I was talking a lot more, which means I'm going to say a lot more dumb shit. <laughs> when I go back and listen to some of the stuff I would say, it was cringy to say the least. Like I would ask the dumbest questions, the, the worst questions. And then it always goes back to like the question we call it. When I asked Jack Eichel how many beers he would have to drink for me to score a goal on him in pond hockey, like the worst question <laughs> of all time. And so, yeah, I go back and, and I think about that. And, but there's, um, there have been interviews that we've recorded that we haven't put out yeah. um, because we didn't think we did a good job. So I think we're our biggest critic. So me personally would be the Jack Eichel question. But I say as a whole, it happens quite often. I see where you were thinking with that one. It just comes off like... <laughs> I don't know, but that's yeah, not like the word. Yeah, it's just like... Give yourself a little more credit. I don't think it's that bad. When you listen to it, though, it's so bad, man. It's yeah. just such a tough question. And You don't have to kiss up to him, Johnny. It was bad. No. Yeah, so, I'm not, I'm not, I, he's the last guy's ass that I kiss. I mean, I and definitely... I'm, and I'm the guy who's had all the bad takes on spit and chicklets. Trust me. Dude, the, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I'm not even joking. 
of all the places and of all the pages I've worked for, it's the one where no matter what you say, if it's bad, you'll never hear the end of it, ever. <laughs> well, Avery, what was yours then? God. Um, it, I'd probably have to say the Vasilevsky one. Yes. I ate the most shit on. Oh, well, let me, Igor, can I, yeah. can I set the tone a little bit for this argument where Avery said that this was a long ongoing argument between wit and Avery that Igor was like, if you had one game on the line, I think the argument was who would you take Igor or would you take Vassy? And this Everywhere we go, every time we're on the road, these two start bickering. You think the Rangers are better than the Lightning? I think this is a completely different group this year. You're an idiot. Like, the fact that you think this is yeah. just... That they good. played them three times and beat them it, all three it times. It literally doesn't matter. You're just got your Rangers colored glasses on and your Rangers underwear and your Rangers socks that you come and you jizz into. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they get, like, it could, it was months later after this original argument occurred and these two are just going nonstop. So to Avery's credit, when we walked in to interview Wayne Gretzky, we <laughs> the argument <laughs> I, I is going my foot on. In my mouth in Atlanta. <laughs> the argument is still going on, and Wayne kind of asks, like, like, what are you, what are you guys arguing about? And fucking shithead Avery over here starts going at it with Gretzky. That's how much he like believed no his point. Like Gretzky's siding with Vassy with Wit, and he's like, no, I'm taking Vassy. And Avery's like, right away, like, no, like you're crazy, like. I would ask them, we're like, dude, this is yeah, a dude. great one you're talking to. So I always will give Avery credit, like, in that situation. I would have turtled. I would have been like, you're right, Mr. Gretzky, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Sir. You're you're 100% correct, Mr. Great One. Uh, but no, Avery held his held his ground there. Well, I knew they always loved me there, but I feel like they were definitely a little tense when I started digging into Gretzky, a guy that they've wanted on the podcast forever, and I'm just With, digging Within into the him. first no, like, five minutes of, of him being there. He literally just sat down. Can you guys talk about that experience too? Just, you know, meeting Wayne. I'm sure that's a top five, you know, Chicklets, top three Chicklets moment, right? Like having that interview with Gretzky. It was at his house too, right? No. So we did it at the, uh, at a hotel in Atlanta when they were uh, filming TNT. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was an experience unlike anything I've ever dealt with. I mean, Avery was there every step of the way, like going out to dinner with him, like after the interview, just sitting there listening to him talk, like tell these stories. And it's kind of crazy. Like when you like look over at him, he's like <laughs> this like glowing, like he really is like the great one. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe like he, it doesn't feel real. Like when you see him sitting there. You asked me after you're like, where does this rank on like best nights of your life? And, and I was like, I don't know, but you're like, what better day could you have possibly had than just hang out with Wayne Gretzky? And then... <laughs> And then the next night, we we hung out with Wayne Gretzky. We didn't just <laughs> interview him. We like maybe got the greatest Wayne Gretzky experience. That you, like people would pay tens of millions of dollars to do what Grinelli and I did that night. The Ranger guy needs a picture for sure. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I want to circle back a little bit to to Johnny's earlier question, but. Um, so I used to watch Chicklets all the time. <laughs> I fell off a little bit. Johnny's laughing at me. But, um, you know, I, I kind of fell off a little bit. I was always waiting for you to, you know, take a little bit more of a leadership role there and it just hasn't <laughs> happened. So, um, no, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, so to go back to Johnny's question about who you guys have interviewed, like who's maybe, would you say one current player and then one uh, all timer that you guys haven't interviewed yet or been able to interview that you want to interview the most from your perspective? Um, I would say former player, Brett Hull. 
I would say everyone wants to hear from Holly. Every mm-hmm. time we interview an old timer, it's like Holly stories left and right. Yeah. So I think Brett Hall would be awesome. Mark Messier would be unbelievable as well. And current players, I would love Patrick Kane. I think Patrick Kane, he's he's the greatest, like one of the greatest American-born hockey players ever. I think he's, you know, he's those teams in Chicago, you know, even coming to New York last year. There's just, he's played so much hockey. He's played with so many great players. I'd love to talk to him. I don't think he's officially retired yet. So Kane? I'll put this guy in the middle, but Jumbo. I would, uh, Jumbo, huh. Jumbo Joe, Joe Thornton, I think would be mm. an incredible interview as well. Is he not officially retired? I don't think so, man. I don't think he's officially really? hung him up. No way. I thought he was. Well, like, he didn't play last year. I think he practiced with, I don't know. I, I saw him like, he just like hang out. Practice, he just like he just hang hangs out, out at the, the rink. Yeah. I don't know. That yeah, February 25th. Joe Thornton still not talking about a future. He hasn't officially retired. That's pretty yeah, wild. They, they would have done something big for him. That's why I feel yeah, like exactly. that makes sense. Yeah, but he didn't like he didn't play. It's like just he's just not playing. Doesn't mean you're not. Right. Right. Yeah, he's not going to make a roster right now, is he? You never know. I bet you there's a lot of teams that would take Jumbo right now. Like who? Maybe. Are Are you a bees guy through and through? Through and through, love my. So, bees. so what's your what's your quick hitter one liner on on Patrice? Uh, greatest, be, I mean, best two way forward in NHL history. Uh, they're gonna rename the Selkie Trophy after him. Um, I mean, if you want to talk kind of like Bruins next seat, like that, that's a huge hole. Like that's yeah. a huge hole at the one yeah. C. And I've been pretty adamant this off season. Like I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. But then once he retired, it it kind of became real and you're like, Oh my God, Coyle and Zaka are the one too, which I've said it nonstop. Like the best of Bruins played in the playoffs were when Coyle and Zaka were the one too. They also had fucking Bertuzzi flying around out there. Hall looked great. None of those, none of those two are here now. So yeah, I'm a little worried heading into next season to be honest now, but um, I don't think they're going to, I still think they're a playoff team. I think Jonathan Taves might end up there, man. I've been saying that I, I've been, I actually haven't said that publicly, but I've been saying it to my friends. No way, because I haven't heard you say it. So, yeah, I've been thinking it a lot, but he would be a great fit. Like, I think yeah. he's like the perfect guy, like, just to hold you over for one more year, right? Like, just, just play competitive hockey this year, hold them over to next year. Tons of free agents next season. We'll address it then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, while we're on the Bruins, I have a hard hitting one for you. So, I want you to lock in and prepare your brain right now. That's From the years, from the, what's up? Nothing. No. What do you say, Cody? I said hard hitter. <laughs> no, I think it. I actually, I'm curious what you guys think too. Honestly, okay. We'll, we'll go around the table here. Between the years 2013 to 2023, the last decade, which organization had a more disappointing 10 years? The Bruins or the Rangers? The Rangers. The Bruins won a cup. Yeah, no, that's that. Well, no, no, not since 2013. Oh, they will. Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh my God. Wow. It's wow. Been that that is a great right. question. That you're is a right. hard hitting question. And they lost the cup in. They went to a couple finals. Teen, right? Weren't able to do it. Lost the game seven on home ice. The Rangers mm-hmm. lost the game seven con- 14, conference finals yeah. home ice. They lost the cup final. It's pretty disappointing decade for both organizations. I would say. I would say that the Bruins had a more disappointing decade, and I only say that because the consistency level of it. Like the Rangers had that like three four year gap where there was like not a lot of hope. The Bruins, I feel like, were steady the entire way. Yeah, and I just like and this past season. Look no further. Nah, like, but best I feel regular like season just, ever. Yeah, like the Bruins, you, and, the Bruins gave that core cup though. Like 
Rangers had Henrik Lundqvist and they didn't win. Uh, no, but we're just talking about this 10-year span, yeah. though. This from t- yeah. t- 2013, and the Bruins lost in the Cup two, to- two yeah. times in that span. Like, Cup Finals, Game 7, both times. Yeah, the, but you the have Bruins were more successful. In the Bruins were more successful. But in terms of disappointment, they might have also been more disappointing. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough question, question because it's like, in terms of heartbreak, I would say it's Bruins. But in terms of... But, like, now also, like... The Rangers have have themselves set up for like a good future. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. How how set up is the Bruins' future? I mean, they do have Pasternak and McAvoy and Lindholm and Olmark and Swayman. Like, but up the middle, it's still question. Yeah, it's a good and, hard hitter, Johnny. It is. No, well, it's, it's interesting, right? Because like, I actually think if I were a Bruins fan, like obviously that Game Seven on home ice against St. Louis is tough, but I think what was it, 2013? that game six on home ice against Chicago where they had the lead and let up those two goals in the final like minute and a half. Like, I think that's bigger heartbreak than the game seven against St. Louis on home ice. Mm. And like for the Ranger fans, like for me, I was definitely more heartbroken that game seven against Tampa on home ice than I was the Stanley cup final. Like I really thought had they gotten over Tampa, they would have beaten Chicago. Part of it with the Bruins though was like, winning it for this core like i wanted them to win for bergeron you know what i mean so like the fact that they couldn't get it done for him in this 10-year span and for the guys like you know krejci and 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 that whole core and marshan like it it just sucks that they couldn't get it done for them that's why i think it's so disappointing pasternak feels like he's been in the league that long he hasn't won anything yet like i know you know fucking sucks so let's bring the vibes back up who's got a fun one (laughs) avery cody all right, all right, all right. So, kind of staying on, yeah, staying yeah. on New York and and well, and Boston sports. Which city out of the two would you say will win the next championship and bring a championship back to the city? It doesn't need to be in hockey, so it could be any of the major sports. And what team do you think that'll be? And if you don't uh, say the Rangers, you're dead to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say Boston. I think the Celtics win the uh, championship next year, but. I mean, does New Jersey count? Because the Devils no. look fucking good next year, boys. Well, that's all they got. So, <laughs> what else? But no, I yeah, I def, I'd say Boston. I think the the Celtics are right there. Avery disagrees. No, I actually okay. think the. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the Rangers might might get, take another run at it. Really? You're. This is why he's so <laughs> fucking delusional, dude. Next, you're going to tell me Lafreniere is going to put up thirty next season, right? <laughs> I mean, the guy's not even on a contract right now. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? What's the deal with the I mean, he could put up 30. He could put up 30 points. That's not crazy. 30 goals? (laughs) (laughs) 30 goals? Are you kidding me? Didn't he have 19? Or what do you have? have 19. Yeah, yeah. Certainly not 30 goals. Oh, come on. Maybe if he sees the power play a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If he's on PP1, I mean, I can, you know, maybe see it. I don't know. 25 is more likely, but. You know? Yeah, and if Johnny was on PP1, he would have stuck at UMass and won a national championship. But I was on PP1 for like a hot month. Then Johnny, I had, more Johnny power had the play greatest, time than I got. Johnny had the greatest first game of his life at UMass. Thought he was going to be a four-year starter, get drafted in the top three rounds of the NHL, and then unfortunately, wait, what? He, I didn't know this. How? No, what happened in your first game? I was, I was, uh, like sixth. Off. I was like sixth in points. In the first month of my freshman year, like amongst freshmen, and I was like the cockiest fucking person I've ever Dude. been in my life in that month. <laughs> Wait, what happened in the first game? How'd the first game go? I scored the first goal of the season for our team, and then I scored the next game too. So I scored in both games the first weekend of my college career, and then everything went. 
I was with uh, all my UMass buddies this past weekend and just talking about the school and what a fun place to, yeah. I can't imagine playing hockey there, but like, cause just going there was fun enough, but playing hockey there must've been incredible. Dude, it was, it was so awesome, man. Like honestly, so we can talk about college hockey too. I mean, Avery's got the Quinnipiac background. They won the Natty ship this year. Who is in your opinion, the best player to come out of college in the last 10 years? Jack Eichel. I just thought of that. You think Jack Eichel? Yeah, no question. You're taking Eichel over Kale McCarr, Chris Kreider. Oh, are we talking about like him playing the year in college? Like when I just meant like the best player to come out of college in the oh, oof, best college player. I mean, Eichel probably would take that cake, maybe. Yeah, like Eichel, his rookie. I mean, his freshman year at BU was it was the most dominant performance of hockey like I've ever Mm -hmm. seen. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say Kale McCarr. I mean, it's it's tough to not lean towards Eichel, especially after that season last year, but. Yeah, I would probably go. Uh, I'd probably say Kale McCarr. Man, it's it crazy how many guys there are now too, though. Like, yeah. the it's it's not what it used to be, where it'd be like w- one guy per team is a U.S. college hockey player. There's a lot, and they're really good. It is funny though. Like when we used to play Kale, not we, I know, <laughs> but when UMass would play Quinnipiac, it, we would see Kale play, and it would be like he's obviously sick, but it didn't look like what he looks like now. Yeah, and insane. that's why I agree. Like with Grinelli, like Eichel might probably the best college player in the last ten years, but Kale McCarr best to come out of college for sure. Eichel played there before I got to college, so I remember the seniors on our UMass team were saying like how I think maybe they were tied with BU or something like in one game, and Eichel put up like five points in the third period and just totally like took over, like the craziest thing ever. I mean, that kid is also when you watch him live. Like, it doesn't even look like he's trying, and he flies. Like, it's, it's like, the craziest thing. Yeah, it's one of those things where he just uh, – it's like he's one of those guys that just, like, you can't tell he's skating fast, and then he blows by you. Funny story about Jack Eichel. He used to play dual-state Huskies growing up. I was a 93. I think he's a 98, I want to say. No, he's a 96. 96. So yeah. he would – um. When we would do skills, you know how like they would do you practice two days a week and then one day is like skills where a skills coach comes in. The skills coach, there was this little kid like skating, skating with us. And we're like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and they're like, uh, oh, that that's a 96. He's Eichel. He's from North Chelmsford. He's sick. It's crazy. So like I've always like when I've heard the name Jack Eichel, I'm like, oh, like North Chelmsford kid. And then like then he went to BU and I'm like, holy shit, like he's going to be really good. And then. For second overall pick NHL it's kind of crazy yeah no I was I was just gonna jump in I actually had a question that I just thought of so <laughs> smart, smart man alert um so you tour obviously with you know wit and biz like can you maybe tell us one all-timer story of of one trip you guys went on together that maybe you had a crazy night or or you went out with whatever guest you were getting or anything like that like just one best best story you can possibly think of yeah I've told this one before so he won't get too pissed so <laughs> when when we were so uh this is this this story has some levels to it so when we were in uh Sydney Crosby and McKinnon Nathan McKinnon uh brought us up to Halifax to do an interview with them they brought us to like their favorite bar um to do the interview we did the interview there then we went and got dinner after uh when we were at dinner um you know how sometimes like when you're at dinner you know the conversation's down one end of the table. All the big dogs are down one end. They're all yucking it up, and it's kind of quiet down the other end. Hmm. Well, that's kind of how our situation was. It's Biz, <laughs> I get Witt. it. Johnny doesn't get it. I get it. Yeah. Biz, Wit, McKinnon, 
uh, Crosby, kind of all sitting down one end, but I'm next to Crosby, but I'm kind of the line of where it starts to get quiet. You know, Pasha, <laughs> the camera guys, we're kind of quiet on the end. And uh, halfway through the, the, the dinner, Sid kind of just turns his whole body and looks at me and he's like, Mike, so how'd you get into spitting chiclets? Like, how'd you get into Barstool? Like, where are you from? And I was just like, what? Like, why do you <laughs> care? Like, I was just so shocked that, like, he cared to talk to me and, like, wanted to talk to me. And it was just, it was a really cool moment. Um, and then that night we we went out with Sid and McKinnon. And uh, it was just, it was such, such a cool experience to, to go out with those guys. And uh, they they did this thing where every square inch of the table has to be covered with a drink. So, like, they they sit down and, like, Every square inch of the giant table we were at, they ordered like 36 vodka sodas. Every So like you just always have a drink to pick up and drink. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. I'm like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. If I ordered 36 vodka sodas, I'd be broke. But uh, <laughs> and then and then that night uh, as we were leaving, old busy boy, old busy boy is the drunkest I've ever seen him stumbles out of uh, stumbles out of a Halifax bar, just takes one look at a pretty young lady waiting in line to get in the bar tells her come over here and he brought her back to his room so it was just like that was just like wow like this guy is big time this guy's a rock star um so yeah it was that i'd say that the halifax was probably the craziest uh craziest story i've ever experienced I kind of want to feed off that if I can, too, because, you know, you asked it before. Like, I don't know how long you guys have been listening to Chicklets and whatnot. I didn't even know, like, what a podcast was, I think, till like, 2019. It was when you guys first had McAvoy on. That's, like, when I first saw Spin Chicklets. So that must have been, like, I think it might have been my freshman year of college or, or sophomore year. So, like, 2018, 2019, around that time. But, you know, for you, obviously, you guys have expanded. Media has changed a shit ton in the last, like, five, six years what do you think has been like your most innovative idea? Cause you guys have done a lot. Like you've done the sandbagger now, chicklets cup, um, the vodka, the, the, you know, the beer, there's been so much shit that you guys have created. And like, you know, I'm sure you get asked this question all the time, but how do you find new ways to do different things? Because like, I feel like we're kind of getting to a point now where there's 500 hockey podcasts. Everyone's trying to do the same thing. So how do you continue to just try to innovate and be more creative each year? I think, yeah, trying first off, like I'd say our most innovative thing we've done, there's two, and I, you mentioned them both. I'd say it's the vodka, the Pink Whitney vodka, and um, the sandbaggers. And I think those were so great because they were so organic, right? Like when we did the vodka, it was New Amsterdam came on for like a year-long partnership to be the presenting sponsor of the podcast, and they asked us to each talk about how we love to drink vodka you know ra was vodka on the rocks i think uh, i was vodka red bull uh biz was like vodka soda and then wit was like i love vodka lemonade i love pink uh pink lemonade and vodka like that's the way to do it and everyone just started like tweeting us like hashtag pink whitney hashtag pink whitney when they were drinking pink lemonade and vodka so we listen to the fans, right? Like if it seemed like they liked this and, and something was catching on. So we're like biz and, and Jeff Jacobson, who is um, kind of our business manager jumped on it, jumped on the domain pinkwhitney.com, kind of trademarked it, did, did everything we need to. So 
And then now it's like the highest selling flavored vodka in North America. So like that, it's been so crazy to see like the growth of that. And then I think the sandbagger too, because going back to Halifax, like me and Pasha were like at the hotel and Nate, uh, a biz wit, Nate and Sid went to play golf and we were hoping we could film, but Sid was like, no, like, I don't want you guys filming us. And like biz just texted Pasha, like on the third hole and was like, get here, like, show up here and just start filming so we started filming on like the third hole we did like holes like three to like i don't know like we didn't film every hole but we were just kind of filming them on and off and now we have the sandbagger invitational which gets millions of views and it's Mm. one of our biggest money makers just from you know a spontaneous idea of like biz to text pasha and be like hey come film this while we're at the golf course so uh yeah it's just and there's so many different things too. Cause then there's like, and you asked about like, how do we try to stay innovative? Cause there's so many different hockey podcasts now. And without being like cringe too, dude, like it's very like organic, obviously yeah. is the main thing, but like I, I obviously taken a lot of hockey content and not a lot of it is like organic. So I think the biggest thing that we've tried to do from day one is we're not a hockey podcast. We're a hockey brand. We really wanted to establish ourselves as a brand. And we had in, in order to do that, we had to try things that did like we did ga- like I, I went heavy into gaming during the pandemic because we needed a way to make some money. So I did gaming and like that wasn't necessarily a pillar where we were gonna grow this. Mm-hmm. And we've added game notes and we've done the sandbaggers and we've done chicklets cups and we've done the vlogs and we've done, you know, documentaries and we've done video series like the echl video series and we've always just tried to make ourselves as much as possible like not be just known as a hockey podcast because we're a hockey brand we want to be the premier brand in hockey when you think hockey you think spit and chicklets and my finale and granelli baby can i can i follow up with that so you you gave us kind of the pitch on, on on how pink whitney started can you talk about big deal brewing too and then my second parter to that is i'm a beer guy i've actually never tried it what's your pitch to like serious pitch to of why i should try it wherever the fuck i can find it do you like to get drunk <laughs> do, you, do you like beers <laughs> so i'd say the the beer Sometimes. kind of was something that it might have been before the vodka like biz always said like i want to start my own beer like i Mm. we should start a beer i want to start a beer and then we had like pink whitney kind of came out of nowhere we had such good success with it but at the end of the day like biz is a beer drinker like you always see the guy drinking a beer so it was just something that you know biz was super passionate about about you know starting a beer starting his our, our our own chiclets beer and um you know hockey fans need a new beer right like there's no beer that's really synonymous with hockey anymore so we said hey let's let's call our good friends at labat we we kind of just joined a partnership with them at the time and they were all in and you know the partnership's been great so far so yeah it was uh it was business idea really and then we've kind of just run with it and then what was the other part of that question just why why should myself or like anybody else who hasn't tried it actually just start start down in it beer man it's because Shut up, bro. you drink natty ice dude you fucking weirdo loser <laughs> because it's uh it's refreshing <laughs> it's light it's it's unbelievable like it's it's 4.5 uh alcohol so like you can pound a bunch of them but it's it it has that like 
hoppy kick to it where you think it's like a IPA, but it's not. It's light. You can drink a bunch of them. So it's 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 refreshing. It's great in the summer. It's, it's refreshing. That's all I needed to know. All right. Baby. So G had the pod hockey question. This is Cody's G question because that was fucking terrible. No, but dude, <laughs> no, but seriously, I wanted to know like, is it? I'm a beer guy. Why should I drink your beer? Well, I don't like because I don't. I like actually don't think it was a bad question. Shit. I think what he said to you is even funnier. What? It's <laughs> like, what do you say? You drink like natty ice? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Johnny, fucking fuck you guys. All right. Johnny ice. <laughs> It's fine. John John holds his peace signs like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's bad. It, it's dude, and tough. you just did it again. Like, yeah, what's you actually wrong that, with you? I know, no, it's a problem. What's wrong with you? It's a serious so, problem. Brunel, for some context, so so we give Johnny shit because wherever he goes, he like holds up peace signs like this, like a, <laughs> a fucking weirdo, and makes like fucking his his lips. Yeah, and dude, it's he just has problems. He has problems. It's unfortunate, but it's not a secret. It's the cards we were dealt in life. It's clearly not a secret. Well, now when I see anyone else do it, I can say, like, dude, stop taking my fucking thing. Ugh, no one's taking it. It's 2024, Johnny. I accept you for, or it's 2023. Oh, I accept Lord, you for whoever you are and whatever Jeez. person you want to be. Jeez. Uh, all right, let's transition a little bit more. Gee, how much time do you have? Just... I have as long as you guys fucking want. All right, cool. Well, you mentioned the documentary FDMY MYPD. We actually had Dan O'Donohue and John Peretta on the show, two friends of the show. You were fucking running around that day. Like, that was a long work day for you. Like, you probably didn't even have a second to breathe. Can you just talk about, you know, that broadcast? That was, like, an unbelievable event. I mean, it was my first game, so just touch on that whole scenario. Next year's the 50 year, so I imagine if you guys have the rights again, it's going to be insane. Yeah, so that was that was a super, super, super crazy experience and one of the coolest things I think we've ever done. It was crazy because during the pandemic, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but ESPN broadcasted, uh, I believe it was the 47th annual, but it was the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Yeah. And they did a really good job with the broadcast, but I remember watching it and thinking two things. Uh, one, we could do a better job at this. Like, this is very corporate like we could make this funny and entertaining and we could really bring out the personalities in the players on the ice so my first text went to erica nardini i shot erica a text um and said are you watching this right now um we could do this and we could do it better than they could and she responded and was like oh my god let's do it and then my next text went to shauna puzo who is uh, our, our producer with us at Chicklets? And uh, I said, we should film a documentary about this game. And Sean went to work. And, you know, a year and a half later, we had the documentary. And, you know, a couple weeks after that, we had the game. And it was, it was, cr it was a crazy learning process just because, you know, I had, I've never done anything like that before live broadcasting, just from a production standpoint, from the business end, like dealing with, you know, uh, sales and um you know advertising rights who owns the ads on the boards and the ice and like dealing with all that stuff was such a new humbling experience to me because i had no fucking clue what i was doing but um it was it was an incredible experience and i i believe it's one of the coolest things we've ever done um it was so much fun to be a part of um i just think getting to know a lot of the nypd and fdny guys that was a treat as well because they're such good guys you mentioned Peretta and Dan O'Donoghue both two legends and um yeah it was just uh it was a lot of fun to be a part of that and Sean really did if you haven't watched it yet 
go check it out because Sean really did like an amazing job uh, on the documentary that he put together. But yeah, the game broadcast, you know, I never thought in a million years that we would be capable of doing something that elite, that advanced. And mm-hmm. we did, and we pulled it off with, with no issues. So we have an amazing team at Barstool and it, it was just, uh, it was an awesome experience. I mean, that brings me into like where broadcasting is heading. Are you guys going to be doing more hockey stuff? Like is the, uh, is the Chicklets Cup broadcasted? I'm excited to fucking play in that. I can't wait to line you up. <laughs> I hope you do. Just line me up and like knock me out the first day. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll be doing broadcasting for the Chicklets Cup. Um, we, we like it to be, you know, we like for the fans that come to enjoy it because it, it is, it's not only for the people who are playing. I believe we had 900 participants last year, but wow. I mean, the foot traffic per day was over 3,000 people. So it's lots of people are coming and going, coming and watching. It's, it's a hockey festival. It's not a hockey tournament which is where we want to go with the Chicklets Cup. And in terms of hockey broadcasting, unfortunately, that's not really up to us. Mm-hmm. Um, what we did with the NYPD FDNY game showed that what we can do and what we're capable of doing. But I think um, now it, it comes down to the people who own the rights to give us a chance. And I think you, like we saw what just happened with the PGA Tour and uh, – the corn Ferry tour and foreplay and how they broadcasted that this past weekend. And that was so incredible start to finish. And that's the PGA tour. Like we're mm-hmm. talking about, like that's, that's a legit company, legit. One of the big dogs that are coming to work with barstool and, and foreplay in particular. It's so, yeah, like if, if the NHL would, you know, ever allow us to broadcast a game. I'm sure that's something we would be open to. Mm. Um, and then there's NCAA major junior, um, you know, ECHL, AHL. There's, there's so many different levels of hockey. And I think we could do the hockey world wonders if, if you let us start to broadcast these games, because like how many, how many broadcasts are going to go live to RA at the bar, like during the game, like that, like it, it just doesn't happen. And like, I don't want, it's tough for me to say like, that's the, that's the future of what mm-hmm. we're doing because I don't know. I, I really don't know that answer. I think if that was to be a route that we went in, I think we would hit a home run. Um, but again, that's, those are decisions that are made by people who get paid much more than me. Yeah. I mean, I think there's room for everything, right? Like, you know, I think that's what we're starting to see even more. And, you know, it's funny. I think about us, like our show. Cody, Avery, how many Ranger podcasts are there? A hundred? It's a good man. amount. There's only one real one. Like everyone coexists, though, you know, in, yeah, in whatever yeah. realm of hockey you're in. And I think that's like where we're heading in broadcasting and social media, like in all these different avenues. Johnny's just- fucking guested on 79. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make up a word? Uh, I've guessed it. It could be. I think so. Sorry, I'm just trying. I'm trying not to get hit too chat hard. GBT me. I don't know what to tell you. That was, that was a good chirp. But it's it's. I think it's one thing that I think is super encouraging to see is the like how the NHL is handling um, yeah. all the creators, all the influencers, all the digit. Like the NHL is moving in a direction I think that is great for everyone. And mm-hmm. like like the show that you were doing during the playoffs, like that was awesome. Like I I feel like that's not something that the NHL would have done in the past where they brought like doing these internet style live shows that you're getting guests on at all times. You're fi- kind of firing away. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I'm happy to see like the NHL, like, you know, uh, inviting the on the bench guys to events yeah. and 
you know, the empty netters guys and working with you. And there's so many talented hockey creators out there. And it's good to see the NHL start to recognize them. Yeah. And it's, it's actually funny. I don't see like any other sport doing what the NHL was doing in that regard. Like that live YouTube show, like that was actually like the first, you know, thing I think the NHL has done differently than everyone else, which obviously was, you know, I was super fortunate to be a part of it, but it was, it was awesome. And do you guys have any more stuff? I have like two more questions. I don't know. My, my only other, my only other question is bro. If you had to fuck kill Mary <laughs> with wit biz and RA, who are you going with? Oh, that's so easy. That is the <laughs> easiest question. That is actually the, the easiest question you probably could ever ask. Okay, <laughs> easy. You marry Wit because he's got the money. Yeah. You fuck Biz because you know Biz is a good fuck. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, you'd have to kill RA. And I love RA. RA's my guy, but money talks, sex walks, baby. Right? <laughs> did you just make that up? <laughs> I think I did. That was yeah. pretty sick, right? Yeah. Actually sounds kind of cool. All right, so just to wrap it up, I have two more both you know hockey related questions if you had to put one name in the hat right now to have more points than mcdavid this season who you put who you picking dry yeah his fucking uh, partner fuck yeah uh, okay yeah. someone not on the oilers <laughs> yeah that was a dumb question damn that was worse than mine dude holy yeah, shit okay. <laughs> someone not on the oilers i would say matthew kachuk that's oh. a good kachuk's yeah, I'm my going guy dude, dumb he just like had surgeries not, not even play oh yeah, yeah. What year. am I talking about? Yeah, he's not, gonna, he's not gonna have a good. Kucherov, season. McKinnon, probably one of those two. I'd yeah, I was gonna go with McKinnon. Yeah, I like mm -hmm. Nate Dog. Give me Nate Dog. No love for your guy Pasta. Damn, Pasta's got to have a center. Someone's got to be feeding yeah. Pasta next year. It's facts. And then last question to wrap things up, and I'm down to actually make a bet on this if you want. But who finishes next season with more points, Hampus Lindholm or Keandre Miller? Hampus Lindholm. I mean, I don't know. I think Keandre's going to get some more power play time this year. Let me say this. I've said this for a long time. I love Keandre Miller. I love this kid's game. From the first Rangers game I went to, that he, when he was on the team, I am like, this kid is a horse. When, when you dump the puck in and, you, and you're going into that corner and you have Keandre Miller coming in behind you, you're like, fuck that. That guy is a <laughs> I, like, I love that kid's game, but... I, I like Lindholm. I think Lindholm gets more points. I'm willing to make a bet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You have a bigger bankroll than me probably, but we'll, we'll find something to do. I ain't jumping in the Hudson River, though. That's for sure. We'll figure something out, and we'll, and we'll chat about it, and we'll post it somewhere. But before we wrap up, I want to say two things. One, Avery Zaretsky was a major part of Spit and Chicklets, and he has been for the past couple of years. So it would be a disservice if I didn't say that to him. He helped us out when we, we couldn't get much help. He was making quote boards for us. He helped make podcast promos. This is three, four years ago. I so forgot. You. I'm surprised you remember that. Of course I remember that, Avery. That was early. That was four yeah, years so ago. He wasn't getting, I don't even know if he was getting paid. He was an intern. He was always helping out. Always a helping hand. Big help, uh, big help on the sandbaggers. So great to see you're doing good, Avery. You do owe us a jump in the Hudson <laughs> River. We'll talk but, about uh, that. Avery was a big part of Spit and Chicklets. And I want to say, Johnny, to you, play a little tummy sticks. It was great to see. I, I, I had you as the uh, rookie of the year. I think we, I said this to you when we were walking home from Vegas, when we were walking <laughs> down the strip from McMullen's. I had you as the, the Calder Trophy winner for hockey media this year. You, you burst onto the scene. You were incredible. Beginning of the season, I would say not many people, if I said, oh, Johnny Laz, not many people know who that was. By the end of the season, you say Johnny Laz, everybody knew who that was. So I keep doing what you're doing. You're fucking killing it. 
Avery, keep killing as well. Cody, you had the best <laughs> questions on the pod. So you're killing it as well, bro. Thank you, G. Appreciate that. That was uh, very nice and unnecessary, but uh, we appreciate that. And now you're welcome back on anytime you answer our text to come on the show. That's <laughs> the first compliment I've ever gotten from G. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but years. I guess before we do let you go, do you want to plug anything? Obviously, you know, there's a lot of shit coming up for you guys and anything uh, you want to plug? Um, yeah, I mean, always drink Big Deal Brewing. Go to your local um, <laughs> go, go to your local beer store. Yeah, ask Big Deal Brewing. Gamble <laughs> on the Barstool the city, Sportsbook. I want, to, I want you gambling on the Barstool Sportsbook. I want you drinking Pink Whitney. Uh, maybe drink some Labatt Blue Lights over here. I got some body armors. Maybe you drink some body <laughs> armor as well. But no, I, I don't have much, guys. Come when's your, when's your next event, Buffalo. dude? Chicklets Cup in Buffalo will be our next event. Okay. Uh, that's October spot. 6th and 7th. Unbelievable time. Avery was there last year. It's at the Riverworks. Johnny will be there this year. We couldn't Did be my more cousin excited. set that stuff up for you? My cousin's Lisa. Wait, your cousin's Lisa Litvak? Yeah. Get the fuck out yeah, of my, here. My, my wife buried the lead. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, my God, dude. So, Lisa, Lisa, let me talk about Lisa. Lisa is the hidden gem of Barstool Sports. Lisa is Lisa's the, the lady you can thank for the Corn Ferry Tour, the Barstool Classic, the Chicklets Cup. Every time we do a live show, Lisa's the one, like, kind of running point on all that. So, she is unbelievable. She's the best. Gee, thank you so much for coming Appreciate on. Appreciate you, bro. And, of course, uh, guys. We appreciate you carving out the time for us. Of course. Happy to do it whenever you want. We just want to thank G again for hopping on and shoot this shit with us. Always fun talking to him. I'm sure we'll get him back on through the season, but he's definitely a busy guy over there at Spitting Chicklets. But really cool hearing. Honestly, Avery, it was cool hearing like your perspective of working with Chicklets too because I feel like we don't really touch on that too much, but we should hear more stories from you because you got a lot of shit that you, uh, you experienced with those guys, which is cool. Yeah, no, he uh, he had some kind words to say about me. Like yeah. I said, he's probably hadn't complimented me in <laughs> four years that I was at Barstool. But yeah, it was it was a cool experience working with them. And and G's a great guy, class act, and he's always supported me from day one. Um, you know, whether it was just doing little projects for them, he always gave me some work to do and and collaborated with me and and gave me every chance I could to be a part of that crew. So. Um, I, I owe a lot to G and, and, and it was really cool to get to interview him and hear his perspective on certain things. And, um, it was just a good time. And he have to make him forget about that Hudson river thing though, huh? Yeah. He grilled me on that, but, um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I don't work for them anymore, but yeah. I, I, I might do it. Who knows? You should definitely not do that. I don't want to. Yeah. But, idea. Yeah. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. We're going to try to work on a guest for next week. You know, obviously time is, a little bit slow right now. Not a lot of hockey news out there, but the season is right around the corner. Time's flying, so we're almost like six, seven weeks away. Bro, it's August. It's actually insane. I yeah. looked at my – so one of my best friends, his, his girlfriend's also like, you know, friend group, whatever, like best friends, and her birthday is this weekend, but I thought it was like three weeks – like late, like You're late. So like, lost. Yeah. yeah, I'm just so lost in time right now. I looked at I looked down at my watch today and saw the number six, and I couldn't believe that it was already August sixth. I don't I don't know if I explained that great, but it, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> it, just, it just felt like we were still in July. Like I just yeah. couldn't believe we we're already six days into August. Yeah, and even June just flew by. Like I don't know, summer feels so short. Yeah, this summer shorter than most, but. I don't know, man. I'm really excited for the season, though. I'm getting kind of bored. Like, August is just, like, kind of like, all right, let's get on with this, you know. 
Yeah, I got a little tingle going on today when that Eric Carlson trade happened. That was like yeah. a little bit of uh, okay, all right, we're we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely. But uh, when is the when's development camp? Development camp already happened. No, no, no. I mean not development camp. Uh, training camp. camp. Uh, typically the end of September, I think. Like probably around September twentieth is when players start to report. I would say. All right, we're getting there. I don't know if you saw. Um, a couple of the Rangers got together. Uh, Kevin Hayes' wedding. That was cool to see. It yeah, like Ryder, Shattenkirk, and McDonough. Yeah, I saw that. And there was like a charity game in Hartford. Uh, that yeah, was- yeah, a bunch of the guys. Ryder yep. and Mika played it, I think. Um, so the guys are here. They're around, which is good. But they, they uh, interviewed Kreider. I wish I had the quote. They interviewed Kreider after it, and they were asking him questions about the Molly playoff Smith, run. I think, yeah. Yeah, Molly, hold on. Let me, I, I want to pull this up because it was actually like a good quote. He said something about like how like they're going to carry it into next like season. On their shoulder, right? Somewhere yeah, else. yeah, yeah. It's going to be tough to find this right now. This is horrible podcasting. I should probably be more in tune with this too. Yeah. Um, Chris Crowder <laughs> reflects on how the New York Rangers 2022-23 season ended. I think like every guy on that team, I've got a pit in my stomach. I expect that to turn into a bit of chip on everyone's shoulder. So – it's obviously laying on them that they lost to the Devils, and uh, and Chris Kreider is a very passionate guy. It's so funny. We I don't know if we talked about this enough that when Chris Kreider came into the league with the Rangers, he was a very energetic guy. Very, you know, he always had like a funny quote and whatnot. And now he's very soft spoken, doesn't say much. So that quote, you know, it was it was definitely something interesting. It I think. I think they're really starting to get fed up with these losses, man, especially him for a guy who's been through it all. Yeah. He, he's he's the only one left. Yeah, he's been through like three different kinds of Rangers teams. Maybe even yeah. four, honestly. But, yeah, I mean, Crowder also, he's learned how to talk to media. He knows what makes a good quote. So, I think, right. uh, you know, he knows what he's doing. But, you know, it's going to be an interesting year. I think there's a lot of question marks and uncertainty of what to expect from this team. So, I don't know. It's exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time, where last year was just a lot of excitement. But, uh, I mean, I just can't wait for Hockey to come back, you know? Yeah, and I feel like we're going to really try to plan and hone down some watch parties. Uh, we yeah. got a great connection with American Whiskey, and I think we're just going to have a, a great season, and, uh, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah, me too. But with that being said, let's end this episode, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. So, and Johnny's tired. LFGR. I am tired. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.